Welcome to the Motivation Without the Hype podcast with your host, Jez Perez. He's an author, high-performance coach, and motivational speaker. This show brings you inspiring messages and interviews to unleash your greatness in life and in business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Motivation Without the Hype podcast show. My name is Jez Perez, a former procrastinator. Into an action taker, we bring you inspirational messages and interviews, including motivational insights, tips, principles, and proven strategies that you can take action on without the hype in unleashing your greatness in life and in business. Now, we appreciate you plugging in and spending time with us, and we have a very special guest, and I'm very grateful to have her on our show all the way from Wales. Her name is Sherry. She is a phenomenal sports performance nutrition coach that works with master athletes over 35 to help them increase performance and lose any unwanted fat. Take note, lose any unwanted fat by using behavioral coaching and nutrition science. Uh, Sherry, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. So please tell us what you do and who you are. Well, you know, I think you just such a fantastic introduction. So I think you've covered it. So my name is Sherry. I am a sports performance nutrition coach and I work with master's athletes. So that's anybody over the age of 35, but generally my clients tend to be the over 40s. You know, when you kind of notice that your body is changing a little bit. So I help the everyday athlete um, lose any unwanted fat and and just be at peace with their bodies and and, you know, increase performance in, in their sport. So that's just what I do through, as you say, through nutrition coaching and through behavior coaching as well. So, I mean, you've been on a personal fitness journey um, and, you know, I've seen your content. Guys, I'll send the, the links on the, on the show notes on her Instagram. Uh, she's phenomenal, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, very inspirational. And, and it's such a powerhouse. So can you just share just a little bit how you actually got started in the fitness journey and, or, or your personal journey? Yeah. So my personal journey is something that started a long time ago. I mean, people look at me now and they just kind of assume that I've always been athletic and it really could not be further from the truth. So in high school, I was kind of like that very wimpy kid that like was always scared of balls and like couldn't catch or couldn't throw and was not fast. Just really the furthest thing from an athlete. And I just never, I I just never aspired to be athletic because it just was not my thing. And I think Things started shifting when I went to university, like everything started changing. I became a little bit more confident in everything from, you know, my academics to, to you know, the, the physical, uh, my physical ability in doing things. And I think what I realized was that high school for me, and this is decades ago now, because obviously I'm in my 40s, it was a very different place to what it is now for kids. So, you know, because there's like ball sports and and I just completely lacked hand um hand-eye coordination. So I just kind of was plonked into this group of kids that were no good at anything. And it turns out I was actually really good at like individual sports. So, I mean, not even necessarily things like running, but I was good at horse riding. I was really good at ice skating. And then I started taking things up like um, martial arts, um, rock climbing. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually not bad. So I think that kind of grew in me. And I realized that you know, it's just, I I realized that different people had different abilities. And so I became a yoga teacher from the early twenties and that kind of became a part of my personality. I then realized that, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not too bad and I can actually be athletic. So I kind of picked that up. And for, 
19 years, I was a yoga teacher and I just kind of fell into the nutrition aspect because it was something that I've always been really passionate about, really. So based on your experiences over the years, can anyone really lose the weight um, based on what you've, what you've seen and experienced? Is it more on the mindset or is it the nutrition that you eat or is it both or is it in between? There's a lot of people who are at any age like, man, I can't lose weight. Is it because it starts with the mindset? So based on your experiences, what would that be? That is an excellent question. And I think to this day, we don't actually know exactly what specific thing helps us to either gain weight or lose weight other than the very basic things being in a calorie surplus, being in a calorie deficit, right? Because there's so many different variables. There is your diet, there's your lifestyle, there's the atmosphere, and there's genetics. And that's what people don't understand. I often get people coming up to me and saying, they'll give me a picture of someone on social media. They'll be like, I want to look like that. And I'm like, okay, you can look like your version of that, But the thing is, you can't make yourself taller or you can't make yourself shorter. And how you build muscle is going to be different to how that person builds muscle. So yes, while you can lose fat and while you can gain muscle, each person is going to do so differently. So this is where you get things like if you had two people that ate the same thing, did the same exact exercise, they are still going to come out looking differently because ultimately all bodies are different. So yes, absolutely, it's possible to lose weight at any age. It's possible to to gain muscle. It just depends on the variables and it depends on how realistic you are and what you prioritize above all other things. So as you age, do you all, your body changes as well? Does that mean that you need to adapt to a different type of nutrition? Because a lot of people tend, when they grow in age or wiser in age, they tend to feel like, okay, oh, well, I've lost weight before. Maybe I'll just eat the same diet or nutrition or how you want to rewire your mindset about it. But then they don't get the same result. And I like how you mentioned uh, about genetics. A lot of people tend to do, you know, uh, whether it's calorie deficit, whether it's uh, keto, there's so many things out there about finding what works for us. But from your experience, um, what would that be? Like, how would, would they need to adapt on how they do their workouts or even their nutrition? That's an excellent question. And I think oftentimes the misconception is that when people turn 35, right? That's why we always use that as kind of like a master's age category, or when people hit their 40s, they start gaining weight and they automatically think that it's their metabolism. It could very well be. But what we do know now from latest research is that generally our metabolisms don't actually slow down in our 30s or 40s. In fact, it doesn't actually slow down until we hit our 60s. But why we're actually gaining weight, yes, it's very, very interesting. But but this isn't to say that each individual person's metabolism isn't slowing down. So there are very many things that are happening. So most of all, it's going to do with your lifestyle. And that's a really, really hard pill to swallow because most people don't want to think that it's their lifestyle. And this isn't to say that it is your fault, but it means that there are some things that are within your sphere of control, right? So what what we do, um, what I do as a coach in my 40s and when I help people in their 40s and 50s is that, look, you've got to look at everything that's happening in your life. It's not necessarily just to do with nutrition and diet. 
uh, nutrition and exercise. I mean, wouldn't it be easy if those were the only two things you had to look at? But ultimately, it's your sleep. It's what's happening to your hormones because if you're not sleeping enough and if you're stressed and if you're trying to you know, smash the gym as hard as you used to, like when you're in your 20s, you're probably going to be dealing with recovery issues and injuries. And, and if maybe your kids are going off to university, so you've got empty nest syndrome, or maybe you're taking care of elderly parents. So there's another layer of stress. So there's so many different aspects and there's so much going on. So it's not just about what you're eating and what you're exercising. So ultimately you have to look at every single domain of your life. Are you sleeping? Are you stressed? Are you eating well, right? What's happening in your life? And when we put all of those things together, then we can come up with a nutrition plan that is unique to you, your lifestyle, your circumstances, and everything that's going on. And then we can start to maybe drop the fat that you don't want. And then ultimately, it's also to do with what is happening in the next 23 hours of your day. Because people say, well, I go to the gym and I train every single day and I train for um, I train for an hour and I do that five to six times. Well, what is actually happening in the rest of the day, right? Because don't forget that the one hour is a smidge of what's happening in the rest of the 24 hours. So if you're sitting in a car and you're driving from you know A to B and then you don't actually do anything other than sitting at a desk from nine to five because that's what you do for a living, then it's actually going to be very difficult to shift the weight. So you need to be increasing your overall energy expenditure. So we're talking about longer dog walks. It's not necessarily to do with how hard you're hitting it in the gym. Because when you get to 40s and 50s, if you're smashing the weights even harder, or you're trying to train harder, you're going to end up getting injured, right? So it's trying to think of the little things that's going on in your life, putting everything together so that it works for you and so that you're actually getting the results and they're sustainable. So is there such thing as a perfect nutrition or diet? A perfect diet? Personally, I don't think so. There might be a perfect diet for you and a perfect diet for me and for each person, but there is no perfect diet for everybody because don't forget that we all have different preferences. We all have um, allergies. We all have a different lifestyle, different circumstances. So, you know, while you see on social media, you get, you hear a lot of people saying carbs are bad, sugar is bad. Well, maybe it's not great if you don't exercise and maybe, you know, like I said, okay, my mother as an example, she's in her seventies and the only form of exercise she does is maybe like a mile walk per day, right? If that's all you do, then probably you shouldn't be eating donuts all day long. But if you are say an athlete and you train maybe two to three hours, um, a few times a week, um, and you're sprinting or you are, you know, maxing out on your deadlifts, then your body is probably going to have a higher tolerance for the donut. In fact, you probably can and should be eating some uh, faster releasing carbs so that it can help you with recovery. So you see, there's no real perfect diet for everybody, but there's probably going to be a unique diet and a perfect diet for you or each person, if that makes sense. I like how you reframe that, a perfect diet for you, because a lot of people tend to have this fad diet or um, even the word diet, you know, kind of has that mindset, oh, it's going to be too hard, but, you know, rewiring it to a, more of a positive lens, like nutrition, things like that. But if someone wanted to, you know, education is really important. So having that insight is really key because a lot of people are tend to be lazy. And I've noticed like when I coach people through motivation and inspiration and mindsets and habits, uh, really it's um, what they actually do, like what they do, they actually decide. But how does someone stick to their nutrition and you have it. 
it's important for me. I know, as you know, that it's important to have a coach. It's important to have someone on your corner and to, to coach you through the process. Also the education part, but how does someone actually stick to their nutrition plan as well as a new habit? Because everything's all new, you know, they have to shift everything that they do in terms of eating habits, but what would be that main key um, from your experience? I think what I like to do is get each client to look at the lowest hanging fruit, right? I mean, you're a coach yourself, so you'll probably see this a lot. And this is human nature. Everybody wants everything all at the same time now, Now, right? So it's like, (laughs) I want, yeah, it's like, I want everything. I want success and I want to lose weight and I want abs and I want everything and I want it to stay. So I'm like, okay, if you made a list of, you know, 10 things and started with the most important thing, and then also look at the different aspects and say, what is the lowest hanging fruit? And what is the one thing that you think that you can do every single day without fail? It is probably not going to be, I'm going to go to the gym every single day and I'm going to eat high protein every single day. Because when you start trying to hit the 100% effort, it's probably going to last for about 12 hours or at the most. Some people are amazing and they'll maybe do like four days, five days of being 100% you know, adhering to their new diet. And then all of a sudden, by the time Friday comes, it's like they're kind of falling off the wagon, right? So what I say to people is start small. And it frustrates people because they're like, no, 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 no. I want to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. And I'm like, that's not going to be sustainable. So pick one tiny thing that you think you can do every single day. And when that gets super easy for that week, then you can add on another habit. Then you can add on another habit. And another thing I get people to do is to habit stack. So whatever it is that you want to do. So let's just say you want to start uh, drinking more water as an example. So what if the first thing you do is maybe you brush your teeth, you come downstairs and you make a cup of coffee or something. Well, whilst your coffee is going through the machine, can you habit stack that coffee, which is already in existence? Can you maybe go and grab yourself a glass of water? So by habit stacking, you're picking a new habit and then you're putting it on top of an old, already established habit that seems to work for people. Wow. So, um, you mentioned about people falling off the wagon on Friday. A, a lot of people mm-hmm. tend to do really great Monday to Friday. However, their major mm-hmm. challenge on is weekends, Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. And then they say, hey, by the way, you know what? I had a really good week Monday to Friday. I'll probably just reset on a Monday. Reset Mondays. Yeah. How do you combat or what are the strategies that you've seen works well with your clients that can actually mm-hmm. overcome this weekend-itis <laughs> So they don't fall back. They actually move forward. Yeah. So I get them to create buckets. So kind of like a a mindset bucket. So this is a bucket of whole foods. And these are the things that I know that when I eat them, it makes me feel really good. So, you know, lean protein, your broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, whatever. Those are the things that you know when you eat, it'll make you feel good. And it'll also move you a little bit closer to your goal. And then I get them to create another little bucket in their minds. And the other bucket's kind of like the fun food. So what is it that you like? So the donuts and pizzas and hot dogs and that kind of stuff people tend to like. So what happens is that we stay in the kind of green bucket, right? It's like the green foods bucket. And then we eat that Monday through the Fridays. And then all of a sudden, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going into like the red bucket, right? So I'm like, okay, what if we took the little red bucket of things that are like, you know, what you would consider processed foods or your trigger foods and kind of dot that randomly around the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday, not too much, but just a little bit so that you're not 
going cold turkey. So it's not like, oh my God, I've got none of my brownies. I kind of miss it, right? So just randomly dot it around. So maybe, maybe you can have like half a slice of a cake on a Wednesday so that the weekends are not always associated with processed foods. And then you can break that black and white or all or nothing mindset. And once you can break that all or nothing mindset, then you can really start to make gains. So ultimately it's the, when people start thinking of food as really good or really bad. And I'm like, no, 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 there's none of that. It's just foods on a continuum. It's either foods that will help you, you know, move closer to your goals or foods that will kind of move you a little bit further away, but they're neither good nor bad. They're just food. And then when you break that mindset, then people realize, oh, actually I can eat whatever I want. And when you realize you can eat whatever you want, it's like this magic where people go, oh, actually I don't really want the donut anymore because I'm not holding <laughs> off. I, I know that I can eat it whenever. So actually I don't want it. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. I, I like that insights about buckets. Uh, there's a, you share seven powerful strategies to increase performance and drop body fat. Uh, can you share one strategy? And by the way, guys, those who are listening and watching on this podcast show, um, we do have a link that you can actually access. It's a freebie. Just download and you're part of Sherry's community. It's amazing. So can you just share one strategy? Sure. I get people to, so obviously I work with um, the everyday athletes. So if you have a sport that you're into or you like to train, a really good strategy I get people to do is to focus on the intra-nutrition. So what I mean by the intra-nutrition is the sort of the before, the during, after you train. So ultimately when you're kind of um, cycling your nutrition during that part, it means that you're giving your body the things that you need at the right time. So as an example, I might get some of my athletes to take, uh, to start drinking apple juice or something as random as an apple juice or, or anything really. So that is liquid form of carbs as they're training. And that, what that does is it's kind of like adding fuel to, to, um, a truck right? Where you're giving it fuel and it's got energy to kind of go uphill. And that's exactly what you're doing during training sessions. So if you're doing sprints or heavy lifts or whatever it is that you're doing, just sip something, some apple juice or dextrose and water, anything, because the carbs that's in liquid form is going to give you um, that energy and it's going to be released into your bloodstream really, really quickly. And that helps to people to kind of feel better as they're, as they're training and it gets them to last throughout the entire session. That's awesome. I never thought of that. That's, that's cool. Uh, guys, again, there's seven. So we've just, Sherry just shared one. So please be part of the community. Also, there is Instagram reel there that you can actually check out as well. She's amazing. Thank so you. Sherry, I asked this question to every guest that's on the show. What is your meaning of motivation without the hype and how to use motivation for your personal success? Excellent question. So motivation without the hype for me, I think it's almost like you need motivation to get you started on a process. But I think without the hype, I think eventually it's kind of like creating better habits, right? So I tend to talk to my clients um, about triggers. So kind of like the habit stacking thing, but this is kind of like a trigger. So one trigger sets off another set of behaviors. And I think creating good habits so that you don't always have to rely on motivation all of the time so that you're going to the gym, so that you're eating healthy naturally without having to 
push yourself to do all of those things all the time. So for me, I think creating the healthy habits and and doing an action, repeating it over and over again until it becomes natural, until it feels like it's something you have to do. Um, For me, that's motivation without the hype. Love it. And how do you use motivation for your personal success? Ooh, good question. How do I use motivation? Huh. I, um, so I'm an adult living with ADHD. So for me, it's always like, it's, it's a roller coaster. So, you know, some days I get out of bed and I'm just like, right, let's go, let's do this. And it's like strong coffee and by the computer and I'm getting so much done. And then some days I'm just like, I'm just so sluggish. So how do I use motivation? I, motivation for me is, is very, is very fleeting. So I go back to the triggers thing. I have to have triggers in place. So like, I, I don't actually drive to the gym. We have a, uh, we created a, a garden shed and we turn that into, into a gym. So that's, for me, that's one thing that happens. Um, so, you know, we create habits so that we're doing that. But how do I use motivation? Gosh, I feel like I'm speaking in circles here. I find something that lights me up and puts me in a good place so that I can feel good about myself and want to do things. So as an example, I like art. I would never call myself an artist because I'm not good at creating art, but I do like art. So if I'm ever feeling low and I'm not motivated, it's either I will journal or I will, um, I will just get out my drawing book and doodle. And that puts me in a good position to start a new project, if that makes sense. Love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Love to hear your insights and just different perspective. And it actually gives us more of that motivation, like what lights us up, which is fantastic. I love it. So thank you so much, Sherry. Uh, That was awesome, by the way, guys. So you probably need to get in touch with Sherry. We've got the website there. We've got the Instagram. All of there are provided on the show notes. And for more information, how you can get in touch with her, it's all there. So it's such a privilege to have you on, Sherry. It really is. And I want to say thank you so much for that. Now, guys, if this episode has been helpful and uplifting, we would love for you to write a review to inspire more listeners to get plugged in. We will continue to provide high-value content in each and every episode. If you don't mind sharing this podcast show on social media by inviting others, it would mean the world to me. Every time you tag me or tag us, we will get the opportunity to share those posts, and together, we can make a difference in the lives of others through inspiration episodes just like this. So there you have it in closing. Continue to unleash your greatness and tell yourself that I can, I will, and I must, and we'll see you on the next episode.